What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I want to give you a, a little sneak peek into what's happening tonight and why it's important on the Wednesday night special on Blaze TV. Uh, also, some breaking news. And this has been a long time coming. Did Nancy Pelosi security chief perjure himself in the Oath Keepers trial? Investigative reporter Steve Baker has just released a exclusive story from Blaze Media at theblaze.com. I urge you to read it and spread it to everyone. It will it will answer a lot of questions and open up even more questions. And how does this affect those who have been sentenced to prison? Wait until you hear the story from the horse's mouth, Steve Baker, in 60 seconds. First, if I say to you there is a, uh, there's a way to buy high-quality, delicious, all-American beef and chicken and seafood and pork and save money while you're doing it and help others in need at the same time, that's a pretty high bar. But we can pack it all into one claim when it's true with Good Ranchers. When you subscribe to any of their monthly meat boxes, you're going to get two years of free ground beef. That's 144 meals you don't have to pay for. And the extra on the values as well, Good Ranchers spends their own money to provide 10 meals per box that you order to Americans in need. They give out 240 meals over the course of your subscription. That is the spirit of America. So head on over to GoodRanchers.com. Use my code BECK for $25 off of any box. Plus, you're going to get two years of free ground beef with your order. And you'll lock in your price. It's GoodRanchers.com. That's GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK for $30 off at GoodRanchers.com. Steve Baker has been on the uh, program a few times, uh, and uh, he is a um, an investigative reporter that has been doing some have been doing some work, uh, and it's now exposed on theblaze.com. He has been working on the January sixth puzzle for a while now, and his efforts have been frustrated. Uh, over and over again by the politics in Washington when he's just trying to find the truth. The story that has just been released this morning, did Pelosi's security chief perjure himself in the Oath Keepers trial, has wide, wide consequences. Welcome, Steve. How are you? Glenn, I am living proof that a man can live on coffee alone. <laughs> you started this a year ago today. It was one year ago yesterday, yesterday, October 3rd, during the Oath Keepers trial, was the first scent that there was something wrong. Something happened in the trial first thing that morning when the prosecuting, the lead prosecuting attorney, Jeff, Jeffrey Nessler, assistant U.S. attorney, approached the lectern and the bench and said to Judge Ameda, we have a problem. He said, we have a, a rogue attorney that is about to release some FBI 302s. These are interviews of one of the characters in this story that we released this morning. And that if he does that, this is going. To, these are sealed documents that are not publicly available, and we can't have that. 
And Judge Maida did something that I'd never seen before. And I think, I don't know that any of the media uh, in the media room where I was sitting had ever seen this before. He actually directed the media pool to put out a tweet and threaten this particular attorney and let him know that if he released that those sealed documents, he would have him held in contempt of court. And right then I went, what are in those documents? So what was in those documents? They're still sealed, but I will tell you that the documents themselves were the actual FBI interviews of one of these Capitol Police officers and the primary problem that the government has with those documents is that the testimony was changed. His testimony about his interaction with the Oath Keepers, which in the first testimony he revealed to be a positive interaction, that the Oath Keepers lined up between him and the more agitated protesters and assisted him in keeping them off of him mm-hmm. and helping him de-escalate. That was in May of 21, that interview. In August of 21, this officer was brought back in and the testimony was changed into an aggravated, contentious uh, event with the Oath Keepers and as well as the creation of a second event to explain the first FBI interview that never happened. So it is it is amazing to me reading your story. It is so well laid out. Um However, what makes this different, it's not he said, she said, or he said, he said. No. Uh, because you had uh, permission to go into the 14,000 hours uh, of videotape. You knew what you were looking for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And in the story, you knew what time it even happened because the testimony was gunshots, yeah. uh, you know, gunfire. Right. And so that marked it at a certain time when they they shot an innocent. So tell me about what you found, what the story was in the, the testimony, and then what you found on the tape. Well, the story in the testimony from special agent, now this is Capitol Police Special Agent David Lazarus, is that when he heard the gunshots at 243, 244, um, broadcasted over the radio that shots had been fired, that he was down in the tunnels escorting senators towards the uh, Rayburn building to the other Senate uh, office buildings. And that's quite quite a long distance away from the House chamber where allegedly these shots were fired. He said at that moment at 244, he began turning around and heading back. Well, when we because we knew what to look for, we immediately went there and we started working our way backwards and we found him in the tunnels at that time. The problem with it is that when he emerged from the Senate building tunnels in the subway system below the Capitol, and by the way, Glenn, these are videos that were never released to the defense attorneys this is- in this trial. This, if if we were living in normal times, the people that had been convicted with any of the testimony in, 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 revolving around these guys, yeah. they would be released. Any other time in American history, they would be released because this is perjury. And somebody set this up. Somebody. And we're working on that trail mm-hmm. as well. Good. But going back to Lazarus, so he emerges and comes back into camera frame on the Capitol TVs with absolute proof of the exact time down to the second of when he emerged back into camera. He even passes under an analog clock 
in the subway at mm-hmm. exactly this moment, and it's at 2.48 p.m. when he finally reaches the other side of the tunnels from the Senate office buildings. And when that happens, the Oath Keeper Officer Dunn encounter is almost already over by then. He's nowhere near it, and he still has a long way to go. And then we were able to triangulate because, you know, he will go out of camera frame for a while, then he'll enter camera frame again from another camera. Right. And then he's down another hall, and then he enters another hallway, and then he shows up on the Senate side. And then by the time he reaches the bottom of the stairs that lead up to uh, the rotunda, and it's in a little area that variously called the mini rotunda or the speaker's lobby. Mm-hmm. When he reaches the bottom of those stairs, it's now 2.56.45 p.m., and the Oath Keepers are long gone. Okay, so now let me let me give you the exact verbiage from the testimony in the court case. Lazarus, the guy you've just been talking about, explained that one rioter asked, who are you? Who are you? Then, according to the trial transcript, he testified. And, you know, one attempted to, uh, I mean, I had my lanyard on with my ID on it. And one, uh, they were videotaping and one attempted to pull at my ID. And I was kind of like grabbed it back and and looked to make sure it was still there. And then I saw an opening. So so there was just kind of like I walked fast to get into the office and check on the staff again. He then detailed description of what took place, what Lazarus described as a very antagonistic in three or four times that he passed by these Oath Keepers. Every time I interacted or came by, yes, it was very antagonistic. He said this under oath Um, when he was then shown in court. Uh, a, a video clip of four Oath Keepers standing in front of Dunn. Uh, Lazarus was asked, are these the individuals you observed? Yes, yes. At any point in these three or four interactions in this space, did you observe any sort of anything but antagonistic conversation? No, that's correct. Here's the problem. They were already out of the building. At the time we know him now on camera, we have the videotape that the the Oath Keepers have been gone for almost 10 minutes. It was it was not quite 10 minutes. It was. But when you when you're in the Capitol uh, video room viewing this, we can we can put multiple cameras up on the screen at the same time. And then we hit one button and it syncs all of those cameras to the exact timeline. So we're able to watch. Lazarus moving through the building in one quadrant of the screen, and then we can watch when the Oath Keepers leave. So as the Oath Keepers leave, and they're walking back out through the rotunda, about to exit through the Columbus doors on the east side, it wasn't until that moment that finally Lazarus reaches that area where in great detail in the trial, and we have the trial transcripts, obviously, in great detail, he describes what he saw, and it just did not happen. So... Uh, this was a, an important part of the trial, right? It was a huge part of the trial because the one thing that the government uh, uh, was absolutely intent upon doing was not allowing anything that could be exculpatory or anything that 
painted the Oath Keepers in a positive light. And this wasn't the only positive interaction that Oath Keepers had with law enforcement that day. Right. You've interviewed uh, Lieutenant Tarek Johnson. Yes. Lieutenant Tarek Johnson used two Oath Keepers, re- literally recruited them to help rescue another 16 officers right. out of a dangerous situation. Right. That so, was never allowed in the trial. So, and I, you know, I learned something from the article. Let me see if I can find it here. I, I had no idea uh, Oath Keepers, seditious, blah, blah, blah. Federal cro- prosecutors claim while they were inside the Capitol, members of the group were involved in contentious uh, interaction. Uh, I don't know where it is now. But you you talk about the Oath Keepers, how they've never, they've never had to hear. 35,000 dues-paying members had more than a decade's worth of spotless record providing disaster relief and security during riots and other large events. They had never once been accused or charged with a crime in thousands of operations. I had no idea. One of the things that the government could not do in that trial is they could not counter that little piece of information. And, of course, it didn't matter in front of a D.C. jury. I mean, the D.C. jury, it was a fait accompli before day one in terms of what the outcome of that trial was going to be. But one of the things that the defense did successfully present is the fact that in years and years of disaster relief operations, security details, and all kinds of other times when they actually went and were recruited and hired by minority businesses like in Ferguson, mm-hmm. uh, like in uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and those riots where they were recruited by minority businesses to come help us protect our businesses. We were, or the, the defense was rather able to show some of those videos. But the one thing that the government could not prove was that at any time since 2009, when the Oath Keepers were founded, that there had ever been a single time where an Oath Keeper had committed violence in any of those operations or had ever committed a crime or any charges had ever been filed. And when you think the Oath Keepers, you think, oh, they're just really bad. Isn't that remarkable how that has has been portrayed and carried by the press? Okay, so there's obviously some sort of conspiracy here because <laughs> these guys – they don't they're they're both saying the same story, but it seems to switch where one is saying, no, I saw him at the top of the stairs. And the other guy say, no, I saw him at the top of the stairs. They couldn't even get their story right. Yeah, it's inexplicable that they the editor of Harry Dunn's forthcoming book did not check the trial transcripts, because when Lazarus, David Lazarus, special agent, Nancy Pelosi's head of security, tells his version of events, he says that when he runs to the top of the stairs, that he sees this large imposing figure, because Dunn is 6'7", 300 mm-hmm. pounds, plus all the gear he had on. And he sees this large opposing, uh, imposing figure in a contentious uh, moment with these Oath Keepers that were giving him the business. All mm-hmm. right? And that's his testimony. In Dunn's book, he explains that when he ran to the top of that stairs and reached that stairwell landing at the top, that Lazarus was already there and he was being uh, confronted by protesters. Okay, so the questions that we need to ask and what this actually means, I'm afraid, Stu and I were talking about it this morning, that um, in any other time, any other time in American history, this case would be thrown out now. They would they would uh, file a charge. You got to throw this case out. 
and it would be done and people would care. I'm not sure people care. I'm not sure people. I mean, that that's where our justice system is. It only moves because somebody says something, somebody, the, the American people just won't take it. I wonder what the I wonder what the real fallout will, of this will be. And you probably have a good <laughs> idea. So we'll talk about that here in just about uh, one minute. Stand by first. Let me tell you about Jamie Dimon. No stranger to financial predictions. He says we're all on an economic sugar high right now, and he's urging uh, people to prepare for the interest rates as high as 7%. That is a staggering indicator of stagflation. Is your wallet ready for 7%? You need to be protected against the coming tide of economic problems, and you can only turn your back on them for so long before it becomes too late to build a hedge against insanity. There's another person saying a 35% dip in the stock market is coming. Well, if you have all of your uh, stocks, uh, all of your savings, everything that you have for retirement in stocks, in dollars, uh, it's going to not go well. As the dollar inflates, it's not going to go well. In uncertain times, diversifying asset uh, assets matter. Take maybe 10%, 5%. And put it into precious metals. Call Goldline at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, and find out why I buy uh, the metals that I do with Goldline. Right now, with every tube or box of historic $5 gold Liberty or Indian coins you purchase, you're going to receive a five-pack of Goldline's coveted two-ounce silver Maple Flex bars. That's 10 ounces or 95 individual silver bars for free. So call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay. Uh, What is next in this? And I know you talk to people in Congress, but is this going to move anything in dc i can tell you that not only working with weaponization committee investigators on this story as well as the high-ranking staffers and i can't get into mm-hmm. specific on the record details that there will be talks about hearings and we know what hearings result in <laughs> far yeah. too often but uh there has to be something next because Glenn, this is this is literally an existential threat to our republic. What is taking place in our courts right this now? This is in our DC. this is our government not getting it wrong. No, this is our government setting American citizens up, withholding evidence that's exculpatory, um, sentencing them to long sentences, mm-hmm. and. Apparently, several people are involved in this. This is re- this is as bad as it gets. Even in one of the specific Oath Keepers cases during his sentencing hearing, this was the Oath Keeper, Ken Harrelson, who you can see in video holding the crowd back from Officer Dunn. I mean, he's literally got his hands extended and he's holding the back, holding them back as they were agitating Protecting. and trying to get it done. Right. And there's four Oath Keepers lined up. With their backs turned to Dunn, he's at the top of the stairwell holding an M4 rifle, and and these guys are holding them back. And in his case, particularly, Judge Maida in his sentencing hearing actually said these words. He said, 
Mr. Harrelson, I do not believe that you're the man that the government has made you out to be. If I could speak to Maida right now, Judge Maida, I would tell him now we know that he is not the man who the government made him out to be. Have you, you need to send him home. Have you talked to their attorneys yet, the Oath Keepers I talk attorneys? to them every day. And now that this is out and you're able to prove this, are they going to move? Uh, they're obviously they're in transition from their trial representation to their different uh, legal teams that are going to be right. representing them in appeal. But these guys are are uh, hot. They're hot. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and of course, they you know, they 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 all know how this was set up. And this is where the next part of this story is going is that, look, we we know we know that there was the equivalent of a star chamber set up mm-hmm. and said, how are we going to get these guys? And we see the process and the pattern of events of how they led to that, as well as here, absolute proof of the creation and manipulation of testimony and of something that never happened and presented in that trial. This story is a year's worth of a man's life. You must read it by Steve Baker. Did Pelosi security chief perjure himself in the Oath Keepers trial? It is only part one of a series that Steve is working on, and you'll find it from Blaze Media at theblaze.com. The Glenn Beck Program. More often than not, women regret it when they have an abortion, and often they say they would have preferred to give birth if they had just received more support from others or had financial security. A recent study found the number was in the 60% range. Imagine what these women feel. This is why preborn is so important. They step in during the darkest hour and often offer women a way to get through that difficult choice with both hope and support. Preborn uses free ultrasounds to introduce a woman into the beautiful life that's growing inside of her, which doubles the chances she's going to choose life for the baby. Then they continue to help support her and the baby for two years, both financially and emotionally. And it's all because of the love and generosity of people just like you. If you have the means, you could consider a leadership gift to save babies in a big way. Ten thousand, I'm sorry, five thousand dollars would sponsor the entire network for a day. You'd rescue two hundred babies. You'd take anything. They'll take a dollar from you. Dial pound two fifty. Say the keyword baby. That's pound two fifty. Keyword baby at preborn.com/slash/back. Sponsored by Preborn. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. Get back-to-back Studios America and Glenn TV. Come on, Jackson, Mississippi. Put your hands together for the world-renowned Mississippi. I'm very white. Not 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 very white, but very white. And uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit about Jesus and and how Jesus Well, sing about it. Sing about it, choir. Thank you. Now I feel better. So, I they need okay, to, here's what they I need want to do, do a better hiring <laughs> process. Here's what I want to here's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about the house 
and what happened yesterday with the Senate. But I want to talk to you uh, in a different way. What happened yesterday? Republicans go in and they get rid of the speaker. Part of me goes, amen. Part of me goes, uh oh. (laughs) Uh, Because there is no plan. Now, if you open up your scriptures to Matthew 12, 43 through 45, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, that would be like Nancy Pelosi, an impure spirit, or uh, a McCarthy kind of like guy. And it goes through arid places seeking rest and doesn't find it. That'd be like the cloakroom. Then it says, I'll return to the house I left. Oh, no, don't go back to the house I left. But when he arrives, he finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go and live in the house. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That's how it will be with this wicked generation. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you, white man, who's the only one here listening. So what does this mean? Well, if I may, uh, as a professor, a doctor, actually, uh, somebody who's very well uh, versed in verses and other things, uh, I believe what you're saying is uh, what Aristotle said, uh, nature abhors a vacuum. Now, think about this. That's Aristotle. They didn't have vacuums. They didn't even have a plug at the time. So, you know, they had to beat their, well, they beat their wives or their weird boyfriends which they were i don't want to get into all that but they didn't have vacuums but even he knew nature abhors a vacuum or we could go back to proverbs uh, 29 18 where it says where there is no vision uh, the people shall perish so help me out where's the vision where's the replacement where's the vacuum That's what happened yesterday. You might have chased an evil spirit out. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't like him. I don't know if I'd call him an evil spirit. But he did vacate the house uh, yesterday. And I don't know. It might be much, much worse. Because they didn't put somebody in place. Thus endeth the lesson. Class dismissed. Thank you very much. Wow. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you very much. Give me a little bit of the Mississippi Mass Choir. Just, a, just, a, just how much? Just, a, well, just a, a lot or a, just a little. Just here, a little bit. Just enough. There you go. Okay, good. That's enough. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, you know, having a plan when you do something like this is is is. Is nice. Now, Jim Jordan has apparently announced he's going to run for House Speaker. He'd be great. He'd be an improvement, right? I think as as good as you could possibly imagine happening out of this scenario. So I like Jim Jordan. You don't? Yeah, no, I do. All of a sudden, you don't like him. 
Well, all of a sudden you're um, against him. No, not at all. I mean, I think he. That's what he, I'm hearing. He that's voted, what America is hearing. Now people might remember that he voted to keep McCarthy in. So yeah, I don't but, know if that's going to please. So the did eight. Thomas Matthew. Massey. Right, but I don't yeah. know if it's going to please the eight people who didn't. Oh. So I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe they'll like Jordan. Maybe they should. Maybe they should. I Maybe would agree. they should look, uh, look at the options. Strike. It strikes me as that that's probably our best case scenario here. The fact yeah. that he's actually announced it is a good thing. It's not a fake run. It's not, oh, draft me. It's none of that stuff. He's actually announced it. Um, you, you assume someone like Steve Scalise is also going to jump into this. Who would be, pro- you know, pro- maybe. You don't uh, like him either. No, I'm just saying maybe. A, Holy I cow. Similar to McCarthy. You're maybe one of the eight. a little bit better, maybe. We'll see. Uh, so that would be good. I mean, the the question here, there's there's what, four different outcomes that can come out of this, right? You could go through and get all the Republicans again, get all of them to agree. We saw how difficult that was last time. But maybe that happens. Maybe Jim Jordan's the guy. I mean, I question whether moderates are going to get on board with someone like Jim Jordan. And I yeah. think you got to well, get them. We could always go back. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> we could get her back into the House. Well, I mean, you laugh, but... So let's just say four scenarios here. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. One. We Scenario all, one. All the Republicans come together on the same candidate. Notice the difference between our stories. I have a choir behind me. He's got nothing. Nothing. But go ahead. No one's Make singing for point. this analysis. So number one, you yeah. get all the Republicans again. Mm-hmm. All right. Difficult, but there you go. That's much better. Herb Alpert. Scenario number one. Okay. Number one, you get all the Republicans together again. They just approve this thing. They find a guy. They all come together on. Now, what's that going to, what's the result of that? I would argue. (laughs) I love this. I love, this is my favorite piece of music. It really is You know, this works for anything. For anything. No, honey, will you marry me? I mean, please? No, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, So that, in that case, you get something similar, Mm. most likely, right? Something similar to what you had with McCarthy. Could be a little bit better. Could be a little bit worse. Why'd you stop the music? What the heck? I wanted the horn. That's the only part of this I'm listening to. (laughs) So, could be a little bit better, could be a little bit worse. Next (laughs) example. Next next example. I don't know why this is so funny. I don't know either. So, you you get... You don't get the eight, let's say, that uh, went against uh, uh, McCarthy. You don't get them. But right. So to, to, to make up for that, you've got to pull in a few Democrats, right? A few moderate Democrats. You pull in, you get them. Now, if a few moderate Democrats are going to approve it, you can be sure it's going to be worse than the, certain, the, the current circumstances, right? Pretty much, yeah. Worse, okay? Yeah, worse. The next scenario, we're getting worse and worse by each scenario, mm-hmm. is you basically get someone in the middle that doesn't appeal to the hard left or hard right, but it comes together like a, I don't know, a... Mitch McConnell. A, a, a Mitt, I was going to say, no, McConnell's more like the last option. This is more like a Mitt Romney, John McCain figure, someone in the very middle who pleases a bunch of Democrats and Republicans. Does this sound this is, better? This Does is, it sound like an improvement? This is turning into a horror movie. Right, we're into... Er- it's like Cujo. Right. We're into even worse territory here. Wow, okay. But that's not the worst that's possibility. That's not the worst one. Okay, so the worst possibility is you get all the Democrats and pick off five, six Republicans. You only have to pick up the six most liberal. So what if you have a nominee that is all Democrats and six of the most liberal rep- uh, Republicans who are defending their purple districts, Right. Get them all together to pick a nominee. Does that sound like... That's catastrophic. That's basically Democratic control, and you've lost control of the House. So let's go through just the summary of our four scenarios here. I mean, Either, wind it, hold it. 
When did I stop the music? It's too silly. Mm-hmm. When did I become the guy where I was bringing, you know, I was bringing something to the table that was like joyous and yeah. happy, and you are the one uh-huh. bringing me down, brother. You've ruined me. You've broken me over the years, Glenn. I no longer have any options. Put your hands together. <laughs> Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I mean, we're all going to die. Can I get an amen? <laughs> the church is going to burn to the ground. Amen. <laughs> but the Lord will save us. So our four options here. Yes. Similar, worse, even worse, catastrophic. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, similar. Give me a, similar. Worse. Worse. Even worse. Yeah. Catastrophic. You didn't name the first one. Great. What? Which? Great. S- similar. I mean, what? No, our best. No, no, our no. best outcome would be probably Jordan, right? Jordan. And, and Jordan would be good. He would be, be good. better an improvement. Yes. If it works out that way, I'll take that as good. a great. I mean, it's good. No, I'll take it as a great. Again, the people who are complaining. I need something to hold on to. I'll take I'll it. Take, you know what? I'm with you. I'll take it as a thank great. thank you I'll very be, much. If this works, like, and, and this is the way I think to think about this. Okay, I'm thinking. Because you see, like, you know, people like Gates kind of taking this uh, victory lap, which, you know, again, he made history here, right? He, he oh, was he the first did. person to ever eject a speaker. It's a big deal. And yeah. I can understand he obviously has I think higher he's, aspirations I think politically. he's going to not do well in Florida. Uh, is my guess because it looked you know what there are some people that can pull this off and then other people that look like eh, you're just eh, I mean you're running for something aren't you it, that, I mean a lot of people have uh, certainly like it yeah. kind of feels a little bit kinda that way like but that. whatever I mean he yeah, did, okay. and the other side of that is he has good arguments right we are no, 33 trillion great in debt and, I'm, yeah. I am remember I told you amen or uh oh right I mean I'm torn between the two if they had a plan I'd be thrilled mm. But I don't think they had a plan. But if that's the first one or the second one that you lined up, mm. I'm okay. I'm okay. Let, I, I know how to, how to relate to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because you're the father mm-hmm. of a football coach. So you know yes, yes. the sport inside and out. I know the sport so let me inside and out. appeal to yes. you with a sports yes, analogy here. Yes. It's fourth and eight. Fourth and eight. <laughs> you're at your Which own. inning? Okay. You're at your own 25. Who's at the net? And you have a bunch of coaches get together on the sidelines. And the goalie is in place. Yeah. All, all of what you're saying is very true. Don't even worry about okay, it. Good. Okay, good. I got it. Okay. Fourth, and, it. Eight, yeah, fourth and eight, your own 25. The coaches good. get together. They have a big yeah, yeah. argument. Should big we argument. go for it right. or should we punt? And what most is the of the book coaches, what is the book all you? the coaches are saying, do not go for it. Terrible idea. Yeah. And a few coaches are saying, hey, we go for it. It's fourth and eight in our own 25. Now. How many coaches do you have? I like hundreds. A hundreds yeah. of them. Wow. Eight of these coaches big team. come yeah. together and say, we got to go for it. Right. And those eight coaches win the debate. We're going to go for it. And they start celebrating on the sideline. Now, you some might argue, number one, mm-hmm. you don't celebrate when you win the argument to go for it on fourth down. You might celebrate if you make it on fourth down. That's the time to celebrate. Secondarily, you better have a good play drawn up, right? You better have a play that you know is going to get you eight yards in that situation because it's really important. And the issue, I think, is it okay. doesn't seem like there's much of a play yet. Okay, hang on just a second. They have a play. Oh, no. Okay, they have a play. 
the guy who's like throws it between his butt cheeks. Yeah, that, that guy, the center. Yeah, he just mm-hmm. throws it to the quarterback. The quarterback just it. looks for somebody that's open. Okay, in the touchdown area, mm-hmm. and he throws it to him. I mean, this game is not that hard. You know, throw a goalie and play football with one of those lacrosse things. Right. Or even a highlight ball. Wouldn't I, that be fun? I feel like perhaps my analogy was lost on you <laughs> a little bit. And, it's, you know, I will say one of the most amazing things in the history of America, which is a great place of great uh, possibilities, great opportunities, yeah, yeah, yeah. is the fact that your son is a, is a college football coach. Right. Like, uh, which how is, did that which happen? Is, which is less surprising than me being in the Radio Hall of Fame. I... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Is, God bless America. Yeah, if I can do it, only in America, anyone mm-hmm. can do it. Mm-hmm. Today's the day you make an important decision. You get to keep your current cell phone plan. You know, the one where you shell out, you know, big money every month to a big mobile corporation that is, you know, doling out money to leftist causes. Ah, it's another happy day in America. Or you decide, you know what? I'm kind of tired of that. I'd like to save money every month. I'd like to work with a company that's giving me exactly the same great coverage that I get, but at a lower cost, uh, I can change my phone. I can keep my phone. I can keep my number. I can change my number, whatever I want. And that company is actually standing behind me as an American. They kind of like the place. Yeah, you could do that. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Make the switch today. 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when it, when you use the offer code Beck. Join me. Make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Eight 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 seven two seven B C K. Can we play cut number three here? This is uh, sh- from Sean Hannity yesterday. Now, sources telling me at this hour, some House Republicans have been in contact with and have started an effort to draft former President Donald Trump to be the next speaker. And I have been told uh, that uh, President Trump might be open to helping the Republican Party, at least in the short term, if necessary, uh, if it's needed. May I just say, greatest show on earth. If we just don't care. I mean, if we don't care, and I don't think we do. I think most of Americans just don't care. You know, right now they're like, oh, this will last forever. Greatest show on earth. Let's watch it. Yeah. Let's, 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 because he, I think he would make a great house speaker. It's also a, basically a free campaign, right? You just show up, you actually get paid and you show up there and everyone's going to have to cover everything you're doing every day. And I mean, I guess they do that with Trump kind of anyway. Can you imagine? He would be he would be remarkable. That, that would that's a word for it. That is a word for it right there. Remarkable because it, we would there would be lots of remarks about it. So it, it would be you would be able to remark yeah. on it. Yeah, that's how strongly I feel. Yeah, it would be fascinating. I don't know if it was somebody else's country. I'd love it. I mean, I look and it being our country, it could be, be really, really good. It'd be a lot of fun. And fun. But it also could be very bad. It could just be it could just be him just yelling at people all the time, which again would be very fun. I don't know 
I mean, he doesn't seem like much of a process guy. That doesn't seem like his strong suit. Which, you don't think he's he's good at the parliamentary but he rules? Can, he can wrangle people. I mean, oh. no one will say anything bad about the guy in the Republican Party, yeah, basically. No, I mean, Unless I think you're Chris Christie, I guess. I mean, everyone else just says, you know, wonderful things about him all the time. Uh, and I'd on like the right, that. it would be he. He probably could line up every Republican for every vote. That I will say, which and that's would the job be of the fantastic. The job of the speaker be basically. fantastic. Imagine what he would get passed. A lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. The Glenn Beck Program.